to come and give us our reading on Colossians 2, 16 to 23, please. Therefore, do not let anyone judge you by what you eat or drink, or with regard to to a religious festival, a new moon celebration, or a Sabbath day. These are shadow of the things that were to come, the reality, however, is found in Christ. Do not let anyone who delights in false humility and the worship of angels disqualify you. Such a person also goes into great detail about what they have seen. They are puffed up with idle notions by their unspiritual mind. They have lost connection with the head, from whom the whole body, supported and held together by its ligaments and sinews, grows as God causes it to grow. Since you died with Christ to the elemental spiritual forces of this world, why, as though you still belong to the world, do you submit to its rules? Do not handle, do not taste, do not touch. These rules, which have to do with the things that are all destined to perish with use, are based on merely human commands and teachings. Such regulations, indeed, have an appearance of wisdom with their self-imposed worship, their false humility, and their harsh treatment of the body, but they lack any value in restraining sensual indulgence. This is the word of the Lord. Good morning. I'm so sorry that I can't uh, be there this morning. my whole family's come down with COVID, so we've got to stay where we are for the time being. But I, I, I am able to give the talk, and I want to begin with a question. What is it that makes someone a Christian? Now, I'm going to give you some ideas, and you can shout yes or no to each of these. So what makes someone a Christian? Is it the clothes they wear? Is it the food that they eat? Is it going to church? Is that what makes someone a Christian? Now, going to church doesn't make you a Christian any more than going into McDonald's would make you a hamburger. So perhaps it's the way that they live. Is that it? Is that what makes someone a Christian, the way that they live? Well, not exactly, because often we can tell that someone is a Christian by the way they live, but that's not what makes them a Christian. A Christian is someone who puts their trust in Jesus. It's like they get to a point in life where they say, I'm not good enough to be friends with God, but I know that because of Jesus, I can be friends with God. So I'm going to put my trust in Jesus and know that I'm friends with God forever. Uh, We've read today about a church in a place called Colossae, which is in Turkey on the other side of the world. And the people there had put their trust in Jesus. They become Christians. But then a group of Jewish Christians came into the church and they said, you lot can't be Christians because you eat sausages. Jews aren't allowed to eat pork. And they said, you lot can't be Christians because you worship on a Sunday. You should worship on a Saturday like us. And they said all kinds of things like that. So Paul wrote to the church in Colossae and he said, you just need to focus on Jesus and what he's done for you. If you put your trust in Jesus, you are a Christian. Jesus is enough. You don't need anything else. You will always find super religious people who make up all kinds of rules and regulations and do's and don'ts, and they give you uh, rituals and practices to follow, and it all gets very complicated. It's a bit like this. Can you come to volunteer for me? 
I need a really loud volunteer. I'm really loud. Okay. Okay. Cassie. Okay. I need you to stand here for me. Okay. Oh, that's very loud. Okay. So, Cassie is a Christian, and I'm a super religious person. (laughs) Okay. Now, I want you to say to me in a really loud voice, I'm a Christian. Okay, but no, you're not. Um, You can't be a Christian because you're not wearing these very special clothes. (laughs) So, do you think you're a Christian now? I still am. You still think you're a Christian? Well, no, I don't think you're a Christian. You're not a Christian until you have a really big beard. (laughs) Now do you think you're a Christian? I still am. You still think you are? I still am. Okay. Well, you're not a Christian until you read the Bible every day. Every day. Reading the Bible. (laughs) Now do you think you're a Christian? Yes, I still am. (laughs) Okay. Well, no, you're not. You're not a Christian unless you pray every single day, three times a day, four times a year, whatever. You have to pray a lot. So... Praying. Now do you think you're a Christian? I still am. Okay. Well. No, you're not, apparently. You're still not. (laughs) Um, You will only be a Christian if you stop eating biscuits and lollies and ice cream and chocolate. So is there anything else that you need to stop eating? Just pretty much eating, stop eating anything you want to be eating, okay? Now, now that you've stopped eating those things, do you think you're a Christian? Still am. (laughs) Wrong. You have to face that way and you have to pray to Jerusalem. And standing on one leg. Stand on one leg, pray to Jerusalem. (laughs) Okay, thanks, Cassie. And Charlie's going to finish the rest of the talk. When we keep adding rules and regulations, it gets so confusing that people start saying, well, am I getting this right? Am I really a Christian? You see, when super religious people have their way, it gets more and more difficult to be a Christian. And if those super religious people appear to be doing all the right things, they can feel very proud and pleased with themselves, even if what's going on in their hearts isn't that good. And that was uh, really what was happening with the Pharisees in Jesus's day. 
And Paul says, you don't need all these rules and regulations. You just need to put your trust in Jesus. If you've done that, you are a Christian. Uh, So there were super religious people leading the Colossians astray, but there were also super spiritual people leading them astray. Now, there have always been people who have claimed that they could get closer to God by doing some very strange things. For example, in the fifth century, there was a man called Simon Stylites, and he spent 37 years on top of a pillar high up in the air, living on a, on a space about the si- one meter square, so that'd be about this big. Uh, for 37 years, he was up there without coming down. He thought that would bring him closer to God. Was he right? No. To get close to God, all he needed was Jesus. He could have saved himself the massive inconvenience of living on a pillar for 37 years just by putting his trust in Jesus. That's all he needed to do. Well, a group turned up at the church in Colossae and they were doing some very strange things. I don't think they were uh, living on top of pillars. Um, And we're not exactly sure what they were doing, um, but it seems that they may have been worshipping angels. Uh, So this group turned up at the church in Colossae and they say, you're not Christians because you haven't had the amazing spiritual experience that we've had. We worship angels. We see them and they worship alongside us. And that's how we know we're Christians. Well, firstly, should Christians worship angels? No way. God created the angels and we don't worship anything that's been created. We don't worship the sun or the moon or trees or the ocean. We don't worship other human beings and we don't worship angels. We don't worship anything that's been created. We just worship God. We worship the creator. And secondly, this group kept adding to what is required to be a Christian, which is just putting our faith in Jesus. So for the Colossians, it was like they were playing a game where the rules kept changing. Okay. (laughs) Well, I will need another volunteer. Ruby. Okay. So, to be a Christian, you must have faith. So this bowl says faith. Um, And you must have Jesus. Okay. Um, So, would you hold your faith? There we go. I'm going to hold Jesus. Now, I need you to put your faith in Jesus. Easy. But what if the rules change? So hold your faith. I take a step back and you stand on one leg. Okay, now put your faith in Jesus. (laughs) Okay, try again. It's pretty difficult. Okay, now what if you take a step back? Yep. Put stand on one leg. Stand on one leg and then close your eyes with your other hand. Yep. And now try and put your faith in Jesus. <laughs> okay. Thanks, Ruby. 
So you see how something that was very simple and straightforward starts to become really difficult. And today, someone may put their faith in Jesus. They have a relationship with God through Jesus. They're filled with the Holy Spirit. And then some, someone comes and says, well, you can't be a Christian because you don't speak in tongues or because your life's still a bit of a mess or you don't worship in the right way. No. For us to be a part of God's kingdom, we don't need Jesus plus X, Y, and Z. We just need Jesus. We put our trust in Jesus. Uh, Paul says about this group who were worshipping angels, and they were probably doing other strange things as well, he said they've been disconnected from the head. So you know the church is often called the body of Christ. And I have here this uh, body of Christ that I've made. This is uh, the church. This is about the limit of my artistic ability. And Jesus is the head of the body. And this is how Jesus works in the world, through his body, through uh, the church. Well, it's like this group of people who were saying all these strange things at the church in Colossae. Paul says that they've become disconnected from the head. They've broken away. Now, if I cut off my little finger, and I'm not going to demonstrate this, uh, would it be able to do anything on its own? Of course not. If it's not connected to my head and brain, it can't do anything. It can't even move. And it's like that for us as Christians. We need to stay connected to Jesus. We need to stay focused on Jesus. It's all about Jesus. This is a very uh, famous painting by Leonardo da Vinci. It's uh, the disciples and Jesus having the Last Supper before Jesus was crucified. Now, uh, the real thing is massive. It would fill the entire back wall of the church. But do you notice anything about this painting? When da Vinci painted it, and to come and have a look at it, and the first thing his friend noticed was the cup on the table. And he kept going on and on about this cup, how beautiful it was, how detailed the painting was. Couldn't take his eyes off the cup. So when his friend left, da Vinci pulled out a paintbrush and he painted over the cup. He took it out of the painting. Why do you think he did that? He didn't want anyone to be distracted from Jesus. He wanted to make sure that our eyes keep getting drawn back to Jesus in the center of the picture. And that's how it should be in the church because Jesus is at the center of everything we believe and everything we do. It's all about Jesus. And the most important thing is that we put our faith in him.